And we're back. Uh, Cody, you got a language for us today, buddy? Bonjour. Ooh. And that is what language? French. Right. Nice, nice. Hey, you know what? That's uh that's appropriate today. Uh we're uh we're talking about marriage, which uh is gonna be a fun uh discussion since we got a, a room full of guys discussing something that <clears throat> <clears throat> might get us in trouble. <laughs> Maybe. But but you used the language of love, my friend. That's right. French. Wow. 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 Uh, Cody, I, I thought I should share this. Um, I don't know if you know this. I was texting with Nate prior to the podcast, and we were just talking about the subject today, and Nate said that he will not be discussing anything with us today for fear of self-incrimination. Nate? You realize you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of love. Amen. You have a right to speak with your wife and have her here with you to hold your little hand. If you become wifeless after this, <laughs> I can appoint one for you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we probably should get back on track because this is a, uh, a Christian podcast. <laughs> We and, don't want uh, any divorces coming from yeah, this. Yeah. We don't want to encourage that. <laughs> Do you have an extra bedroom in case Kevin and I need to stay? <laughs> My wife tells me to just go out into the barn with the cows usually. So. Right. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> go out to the barn with the cows with you then. <laughs> yeah, we may all end up there tonight. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I, I. this is an appropriate subject, I believe, because of getting into again from last week and kind of segue into this, you know, you go from talking about kids and raising kids to love the Lord, which was an unbelievable podcast, just still so pumped that we could get Jana Hodson on here with us to discuss that topic. And I look forward to having her, uh, on again. What a great guest for us. I mean, yeah, it was awesome. So many people like reached out and just said, man, that was a great, great podcast. Yeah. Thanks, she, Jana. Yeah, thank you, Jana. She made it, and and we definitely appreciate that. I'm, I'm really excited, too. I mean, this has been something that the three of us have been discuss, discussing for a couple weeks, but next week, um, the plan is to have a few of the superintendents from the area come in and, and talk about just some of the challenges of leadership you know, during this time and everything they're facing, I mean, from trying to organize logistically all the things that go into that, graduation, trying to, I mean, for these seniors, I mean, it just breaks my heart, you know, some of these parents and their kids and and trying to go through this and, and do this well and and for the teachers and, and superintendents and, and just the staff there to you know, be dealing with, you know, all this stuff. And, and then the budget cuts that came out yeah, for schools. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Dang, on, man. Yeah. Man, man it's, ne- it's never easy being a leader and having to make decisions during, especially during crisis situations like this. So. Well, I know even you, Native, talked about, you know, some of the things that you guys have tried to plan and do at school, but then, you know, turn around and find out that's not an option or some things changing just all the time. It's so fluid. I mean, that's, that's so challenging. Every other day, it seems like, man. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to say the least. Yeah. (laughs) No, uh, definitely not boring right now for you guys. Uh, for sure. But I'm excited to get, we, we've talked to a few of the superintendents and, and have gotten a few yeses and, uh, I'm just encouraged to be able to kind of, to do something where we can get their side of the story. I mean, I think sometimes in that realm, we look at people in leadership and and we see them as this thing or this leader, and we don't realize there's a person and a family and, you know, behind that, uh, that it's not as easy as I make this decision. It go, a lot more goes into it. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk with them and get their perspective. Um, and I hope 
to be a blessing to them, you know, to encourage them, because it, it just can't be easy. Right, right. Um, well, let's get into our issue for today. Um, again, we're, we're talking about marriage. And when you talk about a subject like this, you really have to filter through what is, what is truth and what is culturally how we've set it up, how we view it, what we should and how we should look at marriage, and, and what has been misrepresented in that. And, and so I think probably there's no better way to kind of get into that and talking about some of the relevant issues in this than to start out by talking about romance. Mm-hmm. And romance, a wonderful thing. Like, seriously, it's, yeah. it's good. Feels good. <laughs> Woo them, you know, and, and, and love them and take them out to dinner and do all those special things. And those are good, but it seems like that's the driving force of what a marriage, a good marriage should have in it. What do you think about that? Like, where do you think that stems from? And maybe where are you, where are the things where we should say, Hey, like, no, as a, as a culture, as a people, as, as Christians, we should back off that. What what, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that, you know, a lot of our, a lot of the cultural cultural views on romance in a in a relationship or marriage, uh, we when I say we, I think it's just as a whole a whole group or culture is we're visual people, and so there's a lot of things that we're uh, succumb to when it comes to like TV shows and and reality shows. Uh, I think about like the show Bachelor, you know, and and you see this like this love story, this awesome wine and dine, um, rose ceremony. And then at the end, the guy or the girl picks, you know, their, their, their loved one and and everything looks peachy and great. And so then as we watch this, we're just like, man, like I want that, you know, like the the women see how these other women are being wine and dine or the men see, you know, certain things on the show and they're like, I want that. Or another thing I think about is, 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 social media and, and you get on Facebook or um, Instagram and, and you see somebody on your friends list that, that shares something about their significant other and maybe that's not going on in your life. So then you start having thoughts of, well, if that's what romance is. That's what love is. I mean, look how happy those people are. Um, so Wait, 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 Cody. Are you saying that The Bachelor isn't real? Uh, I, is that where you're going with this? I'm trying not to be a judgmental how, person. How so. dare you, Cody? <laughs> you watch it, Nate. No, 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 not me, not me, no, no. No. Gotcha! (laughs) No, and and then I also think at times, like, when we we are around people and interact with other people that are in relationships, we see their relationship, and maybe our relationship isn't in the status that theirs is in, or we're single, and we see how people interact in their relationship, and, and we long for that because we think that that is what a true love is. You know, um, it's just, it's funny though. I mean, you say that and this is, that's so true because on Facebook, don't get me wrong. There are people and you guys, as well as I have always done, have, have done this before where you see somebody post something and you just, you know, like the comments are going to be like made for TV because it's just going to be a train wreck. Right. And so you just start reading, right? There are people Mm -hmm. that, but most people. When they're posting stuff on Facebook, they're not posting their bad days. Right. They're posting their good days. Yeah. yeah. Their best days. Yeah. You know? And you, they pull out all their vacation pictures and all those, you know... The date night pictures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're both dressed up and look how happy we are and... Yeah. Yeah. This is when I'm my most fit, you know? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't put up the pictures of my abs from today at 39, you know? I throw my abs up from, you know... When I was 18, sure. you know, when I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that's what you get. And then also you talk about like the TV, media and all those things. The movies that we're watching, these romances, they show the couple up to the point that they, that everything 
you know, is looking good, right? Yeah. You said it even before the show. You said they they show it, you know, they, they get together. It's so beautiful. Then they have a problem. They spend the rest of the show, like, building back to where they're yeah. back together. And then it cuts off. And so you see these high moments, but you don't see 10 years down the road. Sure. You don't see after the 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 five years or, in, in your case, the loss of a child right. or, you know... Um, the the lack of romance in in the relationship that drives you into the arms of someone else, and then rebuilding that relationship back if that's what the the, the couple decides to do. You you don't see those things, right? Yeah, you don't see the the miles driven per se in the in that marriage or no that way. relationship. You don't. I mean, that's. I mean, if you did, that would be the longest season of of shows you to watch. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that's. But, I mean, we'll get to this, but for me, in my personal experience, you know, the miles driven in my marriage has made my love for my wife better than it's ever been. Absolutely. And I, and I think you got, all of us can say the same. Of course, Nate's not going to say anything he said, but um, I think that's can be a... I love my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... So robotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. And, and, and yeah, that's, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. And it it makes that relationship so much deeper and richer. <laughs> Nora and was sitting there. Well, Paul and Nora both the other day, and Emma and I were arguing a little bit and and back and forth about something. It probably was something really really important. Yeah. Um, but we're we're arguing, and and Nora and Paul are like, "Why can't you guys just get along?" And I said, guys, this is the best we've gotten along our entire marriage. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's been about a month or so ago. We were talking to the girls, and, and I asked them both. I said, uh, how do you know that your dad loves your mom? I think Kendall's response was, because you slap her on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, Paisley's was a little bit more intellectual. She said, because you make her the happiest person on this earth. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's sweet. And I and I do think, you know, I then that's such going back to what we talked about last week with parenting, like exposing our kids to that. The good and the bad. They yeah. need to see both sides of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I want my girls to see what a good man does or how he treats a woman. I mean, I want because I want them to have the same thing. I don't want to be a bad example of that. What do you think early on? were the expectations that you put on your your wife that were just now looking back you're like why why did I why did I do that and you get to answer this too Nate so so yeehaw we're pulling it we're roping him in <laughs> yeehaw <laughs> you know honestly like this is going to be you guys are going to make fun of me like I really don't I didn't have a whole lot of expectations going in because I wasn't experienced in being married so I had no idea what to expect. I just wanted to feel loved. Um, you know, the number one expectation was is just don't cheat on me <laughs> and 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 love me. But uh, I didn't really have any expectations, significant ones. Just you know, love me and and you know I'll love you back. And um, she loves me a lot better than I love her. I, you know, I suck at loving and showing that I love her and more. You know, she's better at that than me. Um, but yeah, I didn't really have any major expectations. In my marriage at the beginning, well, what do you think, Nate Dog? The only unrealistic expectation I think I had was back rubs like every night. <laughs> <laughs> that has yet to become true, but we're working on it. Um, no, I'm, I'm kind of with Cody too on that. I don't know if I had any expectations per se, but you know, there were things that I envisioned marriage to, to kind of work like. You know, you're, you're faithful to each other. You support each other no matter what. Um, you grow with each other um, in God. You lead your kids to God. And those, you don't really think about those things consciously, I don't think, when you're getting married. But in the back of your mind, that's what you know as a Christian male. That's what you want out of a Christian wife. Sure. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know if those were expectations, but subconsciously, I think those were things that I wanted out of a wife and obviously I wanted to be that 
the inverse for my wife. I wanted to be that godly man in her life as well. I and it, it, Nate, he kind of gave me an idea. I mean, I also uh, I was in a in a uh, a family where my mom and dad were, you know, really good role models for what it's like to be a mom and a dad, but also what it's like to be a husband and a wife. So maybe subconsciously, I I just that was kind of my goal was. I knew that their marriage was good. And so that is what I wanted for Paige and I, when we first got married was that yeah. good, faithful marriage. I mean, I think they're married now 35, 36 years going strong. Uh, and that was the goal was like, man, I want to, I want, what's, what's that country song? I want to love like Johnny and June. Like I wanted to love like Jim and Angie. And so, <laughs> uh, and, 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 I, and I found it, you know? And so and I thank God every day for it. But that, that was really the goal, honestly. I mean, now that I think about it like that, that's, that's what I thought is I want to mirror what my mom and dad had. Yeah. I, for me, going in, there was, I mean, I thought it was being in a relationship with someone who they had these house obligations. They were going to cook. They were going to clean. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not like Stone Age stuff. Like, it was just... Hey, partner with me in this, you know, yeah. um, intimacy, that aspect, you know, I, Absolutely. I mean, as a man, it was like, okay, like there are these, these things I'll just never have to worry about this again. I don't have to worry about, you know, um, that side of things. It'll just, it'll be taken care of. And yeah. that's just not, that's not realistic, Sure, you know, and it's not that, you know, my wife failed in no. those areas. It was just that you know, I, I had this bar set so high of what I thought this should be mm-hmm. or what I expected. I never communicated those things to her. I never told her, Hey, listen, like coming in, like, you know, if you're going to marry me, these are the things you're going to do. <laughs> like <laughs> sign the contract. You didn't have that conversation. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, Paige and I did. She's like, you're going to do this. And, and I was like, well, then you're going to do this. <laughs> we, we had a little bit, but dang no. it. Yeah. I should have had you do my marriage counseling. No, you wouldn't want that. Uh, you know, I told my wife about marriage counseling. So we, we had a, a professor friend of mine who, uh, did, who was going to do our marriage mm-hmm. and, uh, Emma's like, should we get marriage counseling? I said, babe, I do marriage counseling. <laughs> I said, if you have any questions, ask me. <laughs> the, the love guru. <laughs> <laughs> I got the answers, babe. Like, just ask me. That did not go over well. In fact, I have not lived that down <laughs> since I said it. <laughs> But we, we come in, we, we have these expectations. At the end of the day, none of that matters. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it is exactly what you said. It's, it's beginning a relationship, understanding one another's gifting, understanding one another's wiring, mm-hmm. and then calibrating your life in a way to where God is central. You know, and I think too often those expectations that we put on that person come from the fact that we want them in a way to be a God in our life, right? We put them on this pedestal of they'll do this, they'll meet this need, they'll meet this need, they'll fulfill this thing, they'll do these things. And we put them up on this pedestal. When God never put them in your life to be on that pedestal, he was always supposed to be on that pedestal. Right. You know, and then they were supposed to be a help mate in your life. They were supposed to help you grow and learn and move forward. And as partners to do that to where they enhance who you are, not that they take care of these failures <laughs> that yeah. you yeah. have that you've that you feel like they should be meeting these needs. Yeah. No, I think that uh, marriage in and of itself, when we talk about God being the center of it, I think marriage is one of those building blocks to become more Christ-like. I mean, that's one of the biggest things in marriage. You know, at the end of the day, our goal was to get to heaven, right? And so God gifted us marriage to show us a lot of things or attributes of what it's like to be Christ-like. And uh, Absolutely. I and and not i mean building on that when it comes to being married or not being married i think both choices are great choices if if yeah. that's what you want to do yeah. it, you know at the end of the day like glorify god mm-hmm. in the in the decision that you make and so if you're single 
and you want to be single or you're single and God just hasn't opened that 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 door, embrace that life and honor God with your life. Yeah. If you're married, I, I know this from marriage, that it is revealed how ugly I can be sometimes, how selfish I can be, uh, in a way that I never would have even began to recognize if it weren't for living with someone who has to take the brunt of my selfishness. Yeah, absolutely. I never realized how selfish of a person I was until I got married. Right. Never realized it. Right. And then I then it got worse because that I had, we had kids, and I'm like, my gosh. I think you mentioned this on one of the podcasts before. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right, and and I think that's um, a big part of this is it allows you to see yourself in a way that you never could, and then, as you said, to see Christ and how much He loves you in that relationship in a way that you never could outside of that. Mm-hmm. Not that not being married, not that someone who isn't married can't grow in that way. I just think it it puts you on a fast track yeah. in some ways yeah. <laughs> to seeing that mm-hmm. in yourself. Um, well, I... Let me let me shift gears here. I know for us, the first several years of marriage were so hard, and it wasn't because she was, you know, a bad wife or I was a bad husband, or but it really was just learning to live with someone mm-hmm. and learning who they are learning again who you are, you yeah. know, just like we talked about. But what what were some of the things that you guys saw in your relationships that were really that really brought some of that out in you, good and bad. Yeah. Uh we so whenever Paige and I got married, I had a house and I don't know what I did, but I I had to go or I went somewhere, maybe I went fishing or something, but I was gone. And, uh, her mom, I believe her mom and my mom were at the house and I come home. I I was gone all day. I come home and my entire house, after we got married, my entire house was rearranged. I went from this bachelor pad, no, no decorations, maybe like a couple pictures hanging on the wall. And I come home and everything's decorated. I got new furniture and it was just a, a, a culture shock for me, man. Like I, I was a bachelor. I knew I was married. And then, of course, when I got married to Paige, uh, she had Paisley with her. And so we have a purple room with a chandelier and all these decorations. And it was just really a shock to me. And I remember I took a step back and I got really quiet. And she got nervous. And it was just something that was difficult for me to process. And it wasn't like I was mad about it. It was just kind of like a, a holy crap moment for me. Yeah. Like this is real. Like this is, this is going to be what marriage is. Like I am not in control of everything that I do now. And so, and then a funny thing is, is every morning that I would wake up, of course, Paisley was a little bit older than two. I'd wake up in the morning and SpongeBob would be on TV where I used to turn it on the (laughs) sports center. Yeah. And and I wouldn't, and I couldn't change the channel because if I did, she would cry, you know, or she'd get mad. And, and it was just, Oh, you know, those first months, man, it was tough. It yeah, was... I have to wrestle my kids for the remote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nate, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I'm, <clears throat> again, right there with you, Cody. It's almost <laughs> like we're, we're husbands. Yeah, yeah both husbands. <laughs> I know, right? You um, are the Leonardo DiCaprio to his rose. Mm. <sighs> Stop it. <laughs> I can be your hero, baby. <laughs> I don't think that's the right song on Titanic. It okay. isn't. It isn't. It, but anyway, it works. It works, it works yeah. so well. It'll, it'll we're slow dancing. You guys can't see. We're slow dancing right now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So yeah, I mean, it's obviously there's a lot of changes, especially when you first you know get married and and move in with each other. Um, I remember this one time in particular. We were just hanging stuff up on walls, right? And I'm not a big drywall anchor guy. I hate drywall anchors. I think they're the devil. Don't ask me why. I just do. <laughs> <laughs> and she wanted me to put this picture in a really specific spot on the wall. And I didn't want to put it there because there wasn't a stud there. And we got, literally we got in an argument over whether or not to put a picture on a stud or in the drywall. <laughs> and it still drives me bonkers, but 
<laughs> stop stop laughing guys no because no, i'm right there with you i'm sorry good it's traumatic but anyway <laughs> it's just it, it was little things like that little adjustments and and still to this day i like to do things my way i like to be on my yeah. schedule i like to do work when i want to do my work i want to play with the kids when i want to play with the kids <laughs> I want to watch the last dance at 9 p.m. on Sunday evenings, but she doesn't. So it's just, you know, like you said, calibrating your schedules almost and adjusting to one another in a compassionate and graceful way is very, very tricky sometimes. Absolutely. I, that, I mean, that's my big one was mm-hmm. schedule. It was, you know, I didn't get married until... I was 27, and so I already had a schedule. I had already been working at the church, you know, for several years. I already had, you know, this, you know, I would go golfing when I wanted to go golfing. I would go out on the farm and work when I wanted to go work. I would go to the church when I wanted to go to the church and work. I mean, I, you had, I had schedule, I had hours I had to keep, but you know what I'm saying? I could, I could do those things on my time. Yeah. And then it all changed, mm-hmm. you know, it's being home, trying to be home at the same time, trying to have dinner ready, you know, all these things that I could just do whenever I wanted to do. Now I had to do them in a way, you know, where this other person was, was, was brought to the forefront of my, you know, decisions. And that was a struggle. I mean, there were so many times, you know, that, that I was like, eh, I'm just not going to ask. <laughs> yep. And that was stupid. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that was so, so dumb. <laughs> and I paid for it. <laughs> but, you know, now, if I didn't have that, I would be lost, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 would, I never want to go back to a place where that's not a part of who I am. Um. And and I, it really is. It's those first several years of marriage adjusting to that. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, it, it can be difficult. And I think that's why you see, you know, sometimes the divorce rate that we see is mm-hmm. we are just naturally selfish people. And if you cannot get to the point where you say, it's not about me and what I get, but it's only ever about what I can give, mm-hmm. then it will not work. Yeah. It will not work. Yeah. And also like when the romance is gone, you know, that there's after those first two, three years, the romance is gone. And yeah, and I don't want to say it's gone. It's just, it's gone in a different way. Yes. It's not gone. You have to, you have to be creative as the time progresses with romance. Uh, you can't let that just go away. Yeah. No, I, and, and, and I agree. I, I think it's saying, okay, like this is going to be different but I'm going to learn it and embrace it and embrace the journey that comes with it. And we'll see where we go because the reality is it's just like with Christ. We feel like when we become a Christian, when we get into a relationship with God, a lot of people feel like, well, I'm going to have to give up so much. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to, I can't do this and I can't do that. It's you're looking at it the wrong way. Yeah. What are you actually gaining is really how we should view that. And the reality is having a companion who will be there when everybody else leaves that person that you can confide in and they know how to take what you're saying. You know, they don't always listen or pay attention like you'd want them to or vice versa you for them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, having that person there, I mean, it's so much more fulfilling. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, that's what God created man and woman for is, Hey, listen, like this, you know, he looks at Adam and says, Hey, like it, you, you aren't complete yet. Yeah. And then he gives him Eve, and then she, then then he is. You know, that's marriage does complete us. It makes mm-hmm. us a whole person in yeah. that when we embrace it and and learn to do it well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think of last night. And this is uh, minute, but last night uh, I I had to get my suit and everything ready. I had a, a trial today, and it was late, and I totally forgot to tell her. But you know, she just jumps on board. She gets everything cleaned. I wake up in the morning, and everything's ironed. Everything's straight. You know, and without her being there as my best friend and my partner, like I would have had to, had to have done that. Yeah. And she makes my life so much easier. 
most of the time. <laughs> that, your, your wife is a rock star. Yeah, so, yeah. But the 10%, you know, she can make my life difficult, but we work through it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's about working through it. Yeah. Get on the struggle bus together and let's roll. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, let me, um, let's segue this into the passage I, I sent you guys earlier. We're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 5, and it's, it's a little bit more lengthy than the passages we've read in the past. So um, I'm going to read this, and then we're going to discuss it kind of... We're going to break it down in a few different sections, because there's some stuff in this that I think when we look at, I, it's hard sometimes for people to look at this and say, oh, that's what I want for my marriage. Hmm. But... I think we have to move from this romanticized idea of what a marriage should be to a biblical idea of what marriage should be. Because right. if we're not basing it on that, then we've already failed. Like, I, I know people that are not believers who do not make Christ the center of their life who have had long marriages and, yeah. and good marriages. But the reality is your marriage will never be what it could be with God in it, at the center. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And so I think that's really needs to be the driving force of what we do with our spouses and, and in our marriages. And so let, let's read this. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands I love as that part. to the Lord. That's my favorite the, part. Guys, it's Ephesians 5.22. Underline it. Wives, <laughs> submit I'm not to your saying anything there. <laughs> <laughs> submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church of himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church." Because we are members of his body. Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. And, and this is where I want to end today. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, those first two sections. First, it's... Wives submit. When you hear that, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've had people who I've done marriage counseling with, and they've said, "Listen, we don't want that read at our marriage. Uh, we don't want that at, or at the wedding. We 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 don't like that." Mm -hmm. And I, every time I use that as a, a like a, 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 like part of the counseling, and I say, oh, well, "Let's talk about it then." Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what that really means. Because I think in our culture, especially with, you know, some some of the feministic views that we have, that is, submit is a dirty word. Yeah, it's forceful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so in a relationship, and we talked about this, where there needs to be an equal partnership there. When you hear that, that doesn't sound like an equal partnership. No. It sounds like, listen, woman, <laughs> go do the dishes. Go do the laundry. Make sure my meal's ready when I get home from work. Make, make me sure a the sandwich. kids are taken. Yeah, make me a sandwich. <laughs> make sure the kids are taken care of, you know? Yeah. That's what it sounds like, but that's not what God intended. And in fact, you know, even our relationship with Him is described as a bride and the bridegroom. You know, we are to be that. We are to submit. And so what does that mean? Well, what does it mean, Cody? To submit to my wife? No, she's supposed to submit to you. Oh, I thought you meant like you wanted me to reverse that. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, let's play that out. Let's see where that goes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Old move, Cotton. Let's see yeah. how it plays out. <laughs> no, I know. No, I, I think that, like, if if my intentions are with God, God centered, you know, at the end of the day, when we talked about this a little earlier, I think that if at times, if some of the tough decisions we have to make as a couple, um, you know, if she or I can't come to a 100% agreeance on that, as long as my intentions are with God in the center, I think that, you know, at times she has to, it sounds kind of forceful, but kind of back down and let my decision be the final say. Yeah. I think that's kind of what it is and what it's saying. It's not saying that like every time we disagree, Cody's always right. Or every time Kevin and Emma disagree, Kevin's always right. It's just saying that, you know, sometimes in certain circumstances, as long as God's at center of your decisions, that, you know, the husband's say is final. Yeah. For the family. Nate, you want to weigh in here? He pleads a fifth right now. Yeah, Cody, uh, you can be my lawyer on this. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that that word submit is just, it is a really powerful word in, in today's society and, and how we view it and how we, we listen to it. And uh, I think we, we take it through a totally, totally different lens than what the context is for it, right? Um, yeah, I, for me, you know, I, I like to make decisions at the, in my household. Um, but my, my wife, Brandy, she's the most intelligent woman I know, too. So it's one of those things, there's got to be some sort of balance struck. And obviously, you know, getting into Ephesians a little bit more throughout that section of scripture, they, they bring in that balance, yeah, right? Yeah. And I don't know, it, it's, it's wording and it's different for, for a wife than it is a man. Um, but, you know, I, I think us as men, we, we submit to our wives in different ways, obviously, um, just as they do us. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of a I don't know a weird concept for me to to wrap my mind around, and I'm sure you guys are the same way. But but uh, yeah, I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think that you know sometimes when you're doned the leader or leadership, and we're, we'll talk about this next week a little bit. But you know, as a leader, sometimes there has to be some active listening going on where the the ones who you are leading, like the decisions they want to be made, sometimes you have to humbly say like, yeah, she's right. Absolutely. That is, you know, and sometimes that's tough for men to say she's right. Because, I mean, we're all men in this room and it is hard to say that your wife is right at sometimes. If you're not married, the 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 phrase that you should absolutely memorize is, hey, babe, I'm sorry. You are right. You're right. Yeah. Yes. That's that's the best one. If you just get the I'm sorry part, that goes a long way. <laughs> Wait, l- let me write that down. <laughs> I, you know, looking at this, you're, I think Nate is 100% when he says, right, when he says, like, you have to, you can't read this without reading the next part. And that is the whole bringing in the whole church aspect to this, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that we are to submit, um, to Christ and it, it, it's the same idea. But if you think about who you're submitting to in Christ, and this is what husbands are called to, because you're called to love your wives as Christ loved the church. If you're, if you're looking, if I said to you, Cody, submit to Christ, how hard is that? It's not hard. Why? Because I I love him. Yes, but why do you love him? Because he died for me. <laughs> he so gave I everything, can, so, so I can go see my son, yes. and my family, and you know all my loved ones. He makes you whole. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's that's the piece that we miss here. You know, is that it's not just submit. It is the calling on a man in that position is so high. Mm-hmm. Who can be Christ? Who can model that? Yeah. You know, we will all fall short and fail in yeah. that, you know? But that's the standard to which you'll be judged on how good of a husband that you were to your wife. That's the standard. Mm-hmm. Now tell me this. You know, 
any any woman or man for that matter, if if God said submit to your spouse and they're to be like Christ, if they're like Christ, I have no problem with that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> like I will fall in line to that, yeah. you know? And yeah. and I think that's that's the piece that we have to understand is 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 that standard that we're called to is that high and it is that important and it does need to to be embraced in that way. Um because you know, if 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 you're a woman and you know this man loves you that way and cares about you that way, then then okay. And mm. I think the other part of that too is like the order that God wants to create. You know, in in Genesis, you know, he says he says Adam, okay? I created, now go out and order this. Name these animals. Name these things. Do this work. Like this is you're to set this in order. And and even throughout you know, human history, that's what God has called us to do is to take to 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 put to order to chaos. In the church, there has to be a leadership structure, and he's given us a guidelines of what that's supposed to look like. Again, there has to be an order, and so this is what we know. I know that I'm not going to make any decision if I do not consult my wife if it's important, Absolutely. right? Yeah. If, it's, if it's what I'm going to throw in the microwave to eat at lunch when they're not home, eh, I don't need to consult her on that one. Mm. But if it's, you know, what, what are we going to do with our kids? You know, how are, where are we going to send them to school? Like, how are we going to raise them? What are we going to do with our evenings when we're together? Like, those are things that we make those decisions together. We are a partnership, okay? We are in partnership, but in any relationship, in any business, in any organization, in any church, there will be times where there is going to be disagreement. Mm-hmm. That there will be good reasons for both sides of these things, but a decision is going to have to be made, and so where does the buck fall? Right. And what God says is, I know this is going to be an issue. Not, don't do the hard work of trying to understand what the best thing in moving forward together for both of you is. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, if you've done that hard work and there still isn't a decision, then, hey, man, step in and lead in this. Hmm. But understand, right, the weight of the decision that you're making and how it affects that other person. And then try to move forward together the best you can and trust each other. You know, I mean, that's, that's what it looks like. And it is an order and God set it in place for a reason, not so that we can lord over women. That's not it at all. No, it's so we can do the hard work of learning to love and encourage in spite of the fact that we may not agree in this. Yeah. Big stuff. The last thing though, I think that we have to deal with is this, this piece at the bottom. And that is the last verse there, verse 33. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Mm -hmm. If you have not read this book, there's a book out there called Love and Respect. Go pick it up. It will change your relationship forever if you've never read it and you don't understand this concept. This is one of the most important verses in Scripture for me and my marriage. And that is this idea that I need to love Emma but I don't necessarily need her to love me. I need her to respect me. Right. Um, I've done so many sessions where I've been counseling a young couple or an older couple, and we'll get to this verse, and I'll talk about it, and I'll say to the the woman, I'll say, tell your husband that you respect him. Mm-hmm. Just say it. And even in those moments where I have looked at both of them, they're both sitting there, and I say, hey, you, tell him this. And I look, I look to the husband and say, how does that feel? Oh, wow, that feels amazing. Yeah. We have, because, of, because we've put so much romance and so much emphasis on love, we have forgotten that God is the one who wired us, that God has, has, has put in us who we are. And if <laughs> he wired us and then he goes and in turn says, hey, listen, wives, like... Your husband needs to love you because that is how I wired you to be loved, mm-hmm. to 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 be cherished, to be cared for, to be you know treated as this special, amazing thing in their life. Right? I I have wired you to respond to that, but as a man, I've not wired you the same. Yeah, I've wired you to be respected, and so I you know, I can say this absolutely. Like she doesn't if if I don't receive love from her, I. I'm fine. Yeah. But if she doesn't respect me, and that's where all our biggest fights come from, 
is when I feel like she's disrespecting me, when I feel like she doesn't respect me unconditionally, like that gets the core of who I am. It eats at me. Yeah, and vice versa. Like, you know, in my marriage, whenever my wife doesn't feel like I love her or have loved her, she lets me know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like God created us in a lose lose situation, but hopefully there's going to be a winning outcome, right? But but we put him in the center to take care of that winning outcome in that lose lose situation, if yeah. that makes sense. Yes, yeah. yes, but I'm hoping God didn't hear that part. Yeah, He did. God. no i no i agree i think it is it does feel like that it does feel like you know that that and but i i think it feels like a lose-lose because of our culture i think it feels like a lose-lose because of what the world says marriage should be versus what the bible says marriage should be yeah if we embrace this aspect of submit is not a dirty word it's a love word yeah. Submit is just another way to say respect in a way, mm-hmm. you know, that I trust you and respect you so much that I know at the end of the day that if we can't agree, if we can't come to terms with this, that you're going to make the right decision for me and my our family. Mm-hmm. Like that's, a, that's the biggest respect you can give. Yeah. You know, and then to think, okay, the other side of that is that a husband is to love as Christ loved the church. My goodness. I mean, he gave everything. Yeah. You know, he broke away from everything that was good and right and perfect in his life to come to a world that we dirtied up, that we smeared, you know, junk all over the walls of it and and just made it messy. And he came into the midst of that and said, for you, I will sacrifice everything. You know, and it's and I think if you ask any guy, like, would you die for your for your wife? Would you die for your kids? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what he's asking you to do. Right. That would be the easy way out. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That's respect. He's saying die every day to yourself. Yeah. He's saying sacrifice who you are. So like when you want to go golfing and she says, no, babe, I'd rather you stay home with the kids. And you know that you could get away with it and go. No, you go home not because because you want to necessarily in that moment. And this comes another thing we need to talk about. Not because you want to in that moment, but because to love her means that I sacrifice what I want and who I am for who she is, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's like a really big deal, man. Yeah. When we can embrace that, we can have healthy marriages. When we embrace that, we truly are putting God at the center of that. Yeah. doesn't mean it's going to be perfect all the time. No. We're going to fall short all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> I suck. A lot. (laughs) I suck at the love thing a lot, but I try to show my wife that I love her. So I know she'll listen to this. So just let her, I'll let her know that I love her. Oh, babe, I love you too. Nate. Love you, baby. (laughs) Just know I led that first page. (laughs) Guys, I, again, I'm uh, encouraged by talk, just, you know, that this is not, you know, we could have talked about marriage and all the good things and the challenges and kind of kept it surface. But I think part of what we want our discussions to be here is to get into the nitty gritty and the messy stuff that's not easy to talk about. And by tackling that and putting ourselves out there, like, I think, you know, we open up dialogue, hopefully, in marriages and just get people to think about this beyond you know, just those those things we read in the book. We we don't want this just to be surface stuff. We want it to go deeper than that to the core of who it is. And at the core of this, like everything should lead to Christ and the gospel. Yeah. It should lead to how can our marriages reflect and and then I mean this is exactly what Paul says. I mean he says uh he says, For no one ever hated his own flesh but nurses it. Uh let me see. Oh am I miss it? I miss it. Same way husbands should love their wives himself. Let me find this. Where is that section? Oh, yeah. No. Ugh! Can we cut this? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, here it is. Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. <laughs> this mystery is profound. This is verse 32. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. And again... What is, the, what is the most important thing that we can do? It is to bring this back to the fact that my marriage absolutely represents Christ in the church. 
It absolutely represents who Christ is. And when people look at it, they say, what do they have? It's not what I have. It's not anything in my own power or my wife's power, but it really is in the power of God and how he moves through our lives. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. That's what it's all about. Amen. Yeah. I think that's it. We can, we can go on forever about this, but oh, yeah. all of our topics, we'll get deeper into them as we go. Yeah, I think so too. I think you know this is something we could definitely break down into a few different things, but that's a good ending spot. So, we are finishing up here, and we should probably close in prayer. Cody? My head's bowed. Ready to go. <laughs> what a cop-out. Weirdo. <laughs> Father God, we love you. We thank you for our wives. We thank you um, for the gift of marriage. We thank you for words like submit and how that teaches us to be um, more servants to you. We are to serve you. You are in control. You are the head. You are the groom, and we are the bride, God. And may we learn to love you uh, and, and to lean into you more and more, God. I pray that you bless our marriages, God. If there's anyone out there right now, Lord, whose marriage is struggling right now, God, I just pray that you bring healing. God, that this uh, this podcast will touch their heart, um, Lord, and just soften it to to if it's if it's a man to be to love their wife as Christ loved the church to take that challenge. If it if it is a wife, if it is a woman, Lord, that that she will learn that submit is not a dirty word, but it is a love word. It is a word that that uh, she can embrace and be because that's what we are to embrace and be with you. And it's not that we're trusting that other person always, Lord, but that we're putting you as the focus that you are God, not that other person in our life. And Lord, that if we put you central, that we can love that person and have a love with that person that we can never have outside of you. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So, this is us signing off. Rosetta Stone for the win, baby. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. (laughs) See you guys later.